All episodes of the Garage Build podcast are recorded live in the Law Fran studios. The law offices of Fran Hosh, Palm Harbor, Florida. Call 1-866-LAW-FRAN or go to lawfran.com. The law offices of Fran Hosh, serving the Tampa Bay biker community for over 20 years. Welcome back to the Garageville Podcast. Episode 69 is with Clint Woolsey, a friend of mine from rock band Stone Senate. Uh, a few of you may remember we did a review of their new EP, Dusk, in issue two of Torque, the performance magazine. Uh, Clint and I go back a couple years, and I'm just a fan of their band, and so... Uh, through that relationship and seeing them play all over the place at different biker events and things like that, uh, their management company actually reached out to me and asked me to do a review of their new EP, and I was happy to do so. So, I want to thank our sponsors, the Arlen Ness Motorcycle Company. Make sure you use code GarageBill10 and you'll save 10% and get free shipping in the lower 48. Bell Helmets, I'm still a proud endorsee of Bell. Go to at Bell underscore Power Sports and see the latest in helmet design and safety. Electric lighting, top shelf LEDs backed by 30 years of industry leading manufacturing. Use code SPEED2021 for free shipping on orders over 100. And I am still laced up in 1620 workwear, and I hopefully will always be. Made in the USA, guaranteed for life. Visit 1620USA.com and use Speed 2022, and you're going to save 20% on checkout. That is the biggest discount in the business. Join me this October on the High Seas Rally. It is the only motorcycle rally on a cruise ship. Go to at High Seas Rally and use the code SPEEDMETAL, and you'll save when you book on your cabin. I want to thank our friends at Team Dream Rides in Tennessee, in Maryville, Tennessee. Go to teamdreamrides.com or follow at Dream Rides Tennessee on Instagram. It's time to get into another episode of the Garage Build Podcast. I am your host, Jason Hallman. I appreciate you listening. Please make sure that you leave me a five-star review, and uh, we'll keep this thing moving. Listening to the Garage Build Podcast with your host, Jason Holman. There he is, Mr. Clint Woolsey. How are you, sir? I am wonderful, Jason. How are you doing, bud? I'm very well. I, I have to tell you, I felt a little bit like so. If I if I go back and, and remember the last time that we saw each other was uh it was, I believe, in Sturgis, and you guys will play the uh, the Steel Pony Campground, and that's where, where Chris and I and everybody at Source Media was staying. And you guys played, and I got to introduce my daughter to you guys and that, and I watched you play, and then we all kind of drank beer and stuff and just kind of mingled around in the in the the little auditorium area there they had where, where the band shell is. Let's we'll call, call it a band shell. I went up to my room, which is essentially a dormitory where I was staying up with all the other uh, all the other crazy people. I came down at like three o'clock in the morning or three thirty in the morning to use the facilities, and I look over at your van, and it's running 
sitting in the parking lot, and I'm thinking with either the heat or the air on or whatever, and I thought, damn, those suits. I can't even imagine all those dudes in there all the time as much as you guys are, as much as you guys travel. Yeah, <laughs> that's too funny. Yeah, man, but we kind of uh, uh, end up sleeping on top of each other sometimes, you know. Uh, <laughs> But uh, in, in that sprinter, you know, we, we've got four bunk beds in the back. So it's like, so it's four bunk beds and then four captain's chairs. So it uh, it's definitely doable, you know, uh, with five or six of us in there. But, um, uh, you know, sometimes it just it, it's it's just that way. It kind of is what it is, you know, but uh, but it definitely uh, keeps it exciting, you know, and uh, and it's, it's always still a lot of fun, you know. Uh, you guys have been so i'm going back to um i go all the way back to once i found out who you guys were i went back in in your catalog and i was looking for everything and, and i found eps and, and singles and stuff going back as far as 2014 but that obviously isn't where you started your musical journey where did you start your musical journey at um well you know uh, um i had always played you know through uh middle school and, and high school and and college and, and all that stuff, you know, uh, in several different bands. Um, and then I, I kind of, I guess right around 2004, 2005, uh, I joined a predominantly cover band, uh, based out of Nashville here, you know? Um, and so that was kind of the, the bread and butter maker right there for me for a few years. Um, and then I started getting back into, a also you know having an original band as well right and so i guess over the years right around 2013 2012 2013 uh the original band started becoming the the predominant band that i was really wanting to do and try to make that one kind of the the bread and butter maker <laughs> you know right. and re really really pursue that man you know and so it uh it took a few years to to get all the the right guys you know in the band that that kind of had the same dream that I had, you know, uh, go out and, you know, play as, as many live shows as we could and, and travel and, and just try and get our foot in the door every, everywhere we could, you know. And so uh, it, it's been a, a, a long journey, I guess, but a very enjoyable one, you know. So getting so you you hit the nail on the head when you said that you're you travel a bunch and you're doing as many shows as you can and you guys you guys play a really tight set. I've seen you play in front of hundreds of people. I've seen you play in front of dozens of people. I've seen you play in front of even smaller audiences than that. And it's always yeah. it's always really really tight. Is that how much time does a band like yours spend rehearsing to be as tight as you are, or is it just a function of you guys are all in the same wavelength? Man, you know, it, uh, the first couple of years, we, you know, we we uh, we rehearsed uh, as much as, as we possibly could in between all the, the live shows, you know, and then it just kind of uh, it just became the, the more live shows that, that we did each year. Uh, we'd slowly start adding different pieces of, of the show in there, you know, whether it be some some uh, improv uh, musical stuff or just uh maybe throw in some, some different cover songs or anything like that, you know? Um, so I, I guess just over the years, we, we've kind of started to define our sound a little bit more, I guess, so you know, uh, but, but definitely playing live, I, I think is, is what really tightened us up, you know, uh, and made us a, a little unit like that, you know, when you I talk about, Oh, go ahead. What was that? 
I was just saying, thank you for saying that, man. <laughs> oh, well, so no problem. And so one of the things that I wanted to talk about, you brought up in the last, in your last answer was developing your sound. And I put your, I went back and, and I've listened to everything that you guys have put out. And um, early fo in 2014, I hear a lot of like uh, rock, almost Guns N' Roses, um, with some blues in there. And then now when you get up to like Star City and Dusk, I would put you somewhere in between kind of an Allman Brothers and a ZZ Top kind of feel to it, where do you where do you draw your once you're out of the state out of the stable so long and you kind of are playing together, where can you draw from to get a sound once you're once you're starting to develop it? What I mean is a lot of bands like you know you said you're in a cover band. Obviously, you're going to be in a cover band. You're going to try to emulate the bands that you're playing those songs, and it could be five different five different bands and five different songs at night, right? But when you're in a band that plays originals and you're developing your sound and it's congruent, you can hear it like through the years grow into what you are today. And it was just as good back in 14, I have to say, as what it is today. It's just, it was slightly different, right? Where do you, sure. where do you draw from now? I mean, do you draw from each other or? Yeah, but we, we really just draw from each other, you know? And um, I guess it, at first it was uh, myself and our bass player, Paul Zettler. Uh, and then, and some other different musicians. And then slow, I guess, uh, over the years, we've, we've started to add, uh, the, the current members, you know, so mm -hmm. about, I guess maybe about 2015 or so, uh, we added Paul Zettler's younger brother, David Zettler on drums. Um, and then about 2016 or so we added James Edwards on lead guitar. And then just about two and a half, th three years ago, I guess, we added uh, Ted Hennington, who, who is the other lead guitar. And so it it, it kind of took a few years, you know, to, to get the right guys in there. But uh, I feel like I was really lucky, man, to to find all these guys that I'm with currently, you know. And um, so we really just kind of draw off each other. You know, everybody's got ideas. A lot of us have similar influences and stuff, you know, what we grew up on, what, what we like to play. Um, but, uh, you know, some of the influencers are obviously different, you know, so there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot of, uh, ideas floating around for each song, whether it be for the intro or for a verse or a chorus or a bridge, you know, or something right. like that. So, uh, it's really cool, man. I mean, it's like from both ends of the spectrum, uh, you know, when, when we're writing a song and stuff and, and kind of drawing off each other you know if, if that makes sense yeah so let's talk about the songwriting process because i know every every different artist has a kind of a different muse for the way that they that they do that so uh, are who's the chief are you the chief songwriter or is it a collaborative effort throughout the band or is it do you collaborate with one particular member more than more than the others and you know is i would imagine that everybody is you know the players that you play with are so strong on in their space um and there doesn't seem to be, I mean, there seems to be some real positive energy between each other when you guys are on stage. And I, and I mean that, like I've been around other bands that that, that, that energy's gone for, for one reason or another and it's a job and it doesn't seem that way. It doesn't, it doesn't come off that way. So when you're writing songs, what's the process for Stone Senate? Well, you know, we, it's a, uh, it's definitely a, a full on group effort, you know, uh, but uh, everybody also writes by themselves and then, you know, uh, like I'll, I'll bring in an idea for a song or a, or a lyric or something for a song and play it for the guys. And then everybody kind of starts, uh, you know, processing it. 
on their own in the rehearsal room and stuff, you know? And then, so uh, after a few minutes or a couple of hours, you know, uh, you kind of get the, the first, uh, the, the, the first formula, I guess, for what that song may end up becoming, you know? And so, uh, <clears throat> but it's definitely a group effort, man, which I really enjoy, you know, because I, I definitely want all five, idea you know, all five guys ideas and stuff to to go into it you know which in my opinion makes it really really cool and, and i think it keeps it really fresh when you're playing it on the road you know or if you're doing if you're playing it you know obviously a bunch if you're doing a lot of live shows and stuff and uh and it just uh, kind of continuously grows the the more the more you play it live you know if 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 that makes sense, I sure. guess, you know. Yeah, I think it, yeah. so there's like an organic process to it where everybody has kind of an equal voice in what direction they're going to go. And I think it's probably easier to get five uh, strong personalities in, in the same room, in the same direction when when you do that. Um, one, of the, one of the advantages that I think a band like Stone Senate has is uh, because you can't be pigeonholed into one genre or the other is – I noticed that there's not like a predominant keyboard or steel guitar kind of sound in, in what you do, but you still pull off that Southern rock thing really, really solid. So where do you go as a band where you have, somebody has an idea that maybe we don't have the, the tools in the band already to do that. Is it, do you have session musicians that you work with on things or is it, is what, when we hear stone Senate, is it, it's, we're hearing you five dudes play. Yeah. You know, on, on our first, two EPs we did, we, we had, um, somebody come in and, uh, and, and play organ and piano on some of that stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Reese Winans, uh, played on, on our first EP and then Peter Keys played on the star city EP. Um, and those were just, uh, ideas, you know, somebody said, Hey man, maybe, maybe a B3 would sound good on this. Right. And, uh, and our, our producer, uh, it, it's, it was, uh, uh, Vance Powell produced the the first EP, and then Kenny Olson produced the nice. Star City. EP. And so both of those guys knew, you know, Vance knew Reese Winans, and then Kenny knew Peter Keys. And so they just kind of added it after after we had had recorded it, pretty much. That was kind of one of the last things that was added. But on this Dusk EP, um, we we talked about maybe using a b3 or maybe a piano or something like that uh but uh our producer toby wright uh he he just said man it, it sounds so cool and so organic with three guitars right you know and then your bass and drums he said let's let's not add it until we absolutely think it's it, it's necessary you know and it ended up not really being necessary uh in our opinions for for the dusk ep you know but um then again, there's so many great players around Nashville right. <laughs> where we've recorded everything, you know, so it, it wouldn't be hard to find, you know, a great steel player or a great uh, keys player or anything like that, you know, but um, we just didn't think it was uh, as necessary, I guess, right. on this dusk. Well, a, th a three guitar sound is something that is definitely, I mean, there's a lot you can do there and that it's a, that's a tough sound to beat. It ends up being kind of a, a wall of sound and you got to work with Kenny Olson, another, that, that's a Detroit boy there. And he, he, yeah. it's amazing to me. Um, 
when you think about his body of work and some of the stuff that he did in the mid to late nineties with, uh, with, with Bobby Ritchie and kid rock and the twisted Brown trucker band and that, that you can hear, I think the way that he plays and the way that he wrote back then in a lot of what, what twisted Brown trucker did. And, uh, it, it translates very well. Cause it's very, it's very guitar rock driven, obviously for, for, for a good reason. Um, so, Moving on to like some of the sound stuff that you guys are you guys are doing, um, how hard is it when you are packing and unpacking? Like you said, you guys do you know sometimes you guys do do two venues in a day, and that uh, how long did it take you to get the the metric of of where everything goes in the trailer? Uh, what order it has to go in there? What order it has to come out? Because you guys you guys don't have roadies. You you guys are the roadies. You guys are doing every piece of this band, which is one of the things that Chris and I really love about you guys. Cause that's how we do this magazine. You know, we have some contributors that help us now and again, but we're, we're doing all the heavy lifting and Heather, Chris and I, so we kind of feel your pain. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely, man. And that's just, uh, you know, uh, if you want to get it done, you got to do it yourself until you can, uh, get to the, the point, you know, or what, whether you can afford somebody to, to help out, you know, or however that goes, man. But, um, you know, for us, we just, um, it was a little nerve wracking, I guess, uh, you know, for the first couple of years, um, you know, cause sometimes you, you have to open, I guess, get all your gear opened up and set up and wired up and all that. And you only have a, a couple minutes to do it. You know, if, if you're, if you're one of the first bands or, or anything like that on some of these shows and festivals and stuff, sure. um, but man, just after doing it so many times, you know, I kind of feel like we could uh, we could unpack, set up, and uh, and then tear down and load the trailer kind of with our eyes shut. Uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it's like re <laughs> repetition is sometimes the best teacher. Talking about festivals and concerts and stuff, um, you guys, I would assume I I can make an incorrect assumption once in a while, but I can assume we can find you guys in Daytona, right? Do you guys how far out do you, does a band like Stone Senate schedule out for things? Like, you know, how far down the road do you have an idea of? where you're going to be able to, to be, to see your fans and for them to hear you and watch you play. You know, man, uh, it, it, every show is different, really, you know, um, bike week for us, you know, uh, so, some of these shows, uh, are, are booked six months in advance, you know, and then sometimes we'll book four weeks in advance, you know, uh, if, if we have openings and stuff, you know, cause we're, we're constantly trying to, to completely fill our schedule up, you, you know? And so, um, it just kind of depends on when the offer comes in, you know, um, uh, uh, I'm always on the lookout for, for new venues and new, new rallies, maybe, or new festivals, you know, or anything, new towns, especially, right. you know? And so I'm, I'm constantly, um, reaching out and, uh, and, and trying to get, get our foot in the door just about everywhere we can, you know? But uh, we'll definitely be at Daytona this year, you know. But uh, that that normally books maybe a couple months in advance, sure. you know. Right on. And then Stur Sturgis is normally about the same, I guess, you know. But um, but uh, we're we're always happy to be there, man. So even if they called us a week uh, a week prior, we we definitely still try and make it out there, <laughs> you know. We we've seen you um, as far south as is Florida. I know you played my other hometown. I I spent 
good part of my childhood in Conroe, Texas. And so you guys had recently played there and I see you're going to be playing there again, either in March or April of 2022. So, and I've seen you all the way up in, in the Dakotas. So how far West has, has Stone Senate got a good digital footprint in a, in a, in, you know, in a, in a fan base and how far like East and North do you guys have? Is there anywhere you haven't been yet? That you're like, man, we really would like to get to here. Or we'd really like to go see our fans up, up here. Is there, is there a place where you guys haven't been yet? You know, um, uh, you know, obviously we, we've been talking about uh, getting over to Europe, you know, at, at some point and, and doing some, uh, some shows over there. But for the most part, man, we, we've kind of been really all over the country, man. You know, we, we go out West, uh, normally touring out West is we, we plan it around the, the Sturgis rally, you know, so mm -hmm. we'll stay out about a month or so hit California and, and Nevada and, and, you know, uh, really as many places out there that, that we can, you know, and then we've been uh, in the opposite direction as far up to uh, Laconia, New Hampshire for that rally up there. Sure, that's pretty, you know, that's pretty far up there. Yeah, that was pretty far up there. I'd never been that far up, uh, up the, uh, the East coast there, you know, <laughs> so, but, but, uh, but yeah, man, so we, we'll pretty much go, go anywhere, you know, but, uh, we've been lucky that that we have been able to go so many places and really all over the country you know or at least all over the the mainland part of the country right. here hawaii or alaska too at some point you know <laughs> so your your new ep came out uh back in november right that's the ep is called dusk and it's available on apple itunes it's available i believe i've even got it on spotify too anytime i have a friend that has a is, has a band i try to download it as many different places as i can just to try to get him get him you know do my little part right <laughs> but, i do same thing, man. <laughs> and so, um, so we did it when we went through and, and, you know, when they sent me the, the, um, I got a pre, uh, a pre-release, which was, that was the first time that ever happened. I got to tell you as a lifelong music nerd to get something before the general public did, it kind of, it kind of felt a little, little good. It was, it was pretty cool. I was driving around in my truck, listening to it with my wife. It's really, <laughs> really good, dude. It, it kind of, um, one of the things I think is lost in a lot of today's artists and in its present and account here uh, for here on Dusk is the arc of the songs. I feel like you guys put a lot of thought and heart and soul into the order of the songs on this LP. Can you can you talk a little or on the EP? Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, how as an artist, how do you approach that? Well, you know, um, I guess with with this EP, um, we, we really focused on the uh on the songwriting you know and kind of trimming the fat off of some of these songs and stuff and making them radio friendly if if, if they needed to be you know and just really um and, and you know really taking the the three guitar thing as far as as we as, as we could i guess right. you know and um a big voice in that was our producer toby wright he had so many great ideas man and he had ted and james doing so much cool guitar work um on this on this ep you know and so um uh that i, I thought that was kind of the i guess the most intimate uh g guitar stuff we had done you know so far out of the uh this being the, the third ep and stuff you know um but um but yeah it was uh it, it was quite the experience, man. You know, I have to say, uh, putting the songs together, uh, was, 
I, I guess we ended up long story short, we ended up doing the, the album uh, in two sessions. And so the first session we did was six songs and the second session was seven. And so really, man, we just kind of took, uh, I guess, uh, the five of the original six that, that we first did and, and put them on that EP, you know, so, so there'll, there'll be a second. I was going to say, coming. so that means there's another EP coming. So you did, that was one of my next questions. I want to get back to kind of one of the things that something that I would call the rigors of the road, right? Um, I was dry. I'll tell you a quick story. I drove to Texas last uh, week before last, a buddy of mine, we had to, it's kind of a weird reason we went, we bought dogs from breeders. So we drove to Texas to get the dogs. And um, on the way back, we're driving back and I see this all black, uh, transit van. Hey, yep. Hang on. Yep. Hang on. Okay. We were, we lost, we lost connection for a second. So go back to where Clint was finishing. Okay. Um, so I got, we got to back up real quick. Clint, we had a, we had an audio issue. Yeah. No, no worries, man. So I want to talk to you a little bit about, uh, what I would call the rigors of the road, right? So l quick story, two weekends ago, my buddy and I, we drove to Texas. We bought dogs from, from the same breeder. We were bringing those back and we were going through Louisiana and I see this black transit van with a high top on it. And I see this little black trailer. And I was like, I think that's stone Senate. So I'm pulling, I'm, I'm freaking them out. Probably I'm driving up next to him and I'm trying to take a picture. I looked, it wasn't you. <laughs> Cause I inside, I'm like, look online and see if they're playing or if they're playing around here. Cause I'm like, if they're playing, we'll just follow them. We'll go watch them tonight and leave the dogs in the <laughs> truck. But, um, the rigors of the road, like I, I don't think people really realize what artists go through in order to perform. <clears throat> yeah, it, it's uh, it, it could be quite the process, man. You know, uh, we, we uh, booked ourselves up, up until uh, about, uh, I guess, midway through last year. We we signed on with the Conway Entertainment Group for for, bo for booking and stuff. But uh, man, just between, I guess, trying to find the venues that, that you want to get into and then hopefully that venue uh you know, uh, uh, reaches back out to you or answers your email or right. phone callers to, to get booked and then trying to get something else that goes along with that, that makes sense. It's somewhere in the, the, the area of, you know, of, of that one venue, I, I guess is, um, it's just the, the beginning of it, man, you know, and then, uh, then just kind of trying to, to create a, uh, a following uh, up there in that that area or that venue you know meaning you have to go back and do it several times many times you know? yeah how it, many times does it take to to develop an uh, an average i mean obviously some places you go and you just hit and then other places you go and it takes a little while what's the average that you have to return to a venue or an area to to really develop an audience man you know that, that's a good question <clears throat> a lot of these places we, we've gone in and played you know 10, 12 times, you know, at, at least, I guess, you know, um, and, and some of them, you know, we're, we're just kind of starting to get into, but you're exactly right, man. It, it can go, you can go in there the, the first time and it, it really hits, you know, and, and you're excited to go back or you go in the first few times and, you know, you're playing for the sound guy and the bartender, poor <laughs> <laughs> guy, <clears throat> you know, but you, but you definitely want to go back to really try and build something up, man. So, you know, it's definitely a, a labor of love, I, I guess, if, if that makes sense, you know, but uh, <laughs> it, it, it's, it wasn't really easy, you know, to, to, to get to this point, you know, where, where you're able to do so many shows and, <clears throat> and travel so much and stuff, you know, but it, it's definitely a building uh, process, you know, 
right? We uh, there's a picture that was on your uh, on your Instagram a couple. I want to say maybe a month ago, and it was a video or a picture of the hood up on the Sprinter, and you guys are standing around looking at it and uh, fi- trying to figure out what was wrong. What what happened that put you in that situation? Did you know? Did it a mechanical failure, or was that just like a just a, a picture you're checking the oil or something? Well, it's f- funny you mentioned that. Uh, uh, myself and Paul were changing the uh, the headlight before we headed out one morning at about two o'clock or two or three in the morning. The headlight went out right before we pulled out of the, dri- the driveway there. And James got out and he said, "You guys look like you're doing something. I'm going to take a picture, <laughs> you know, for social media content." And uh, that it, that's really funny, man, because that that picture I, I've had more people ask me about that picture. Or, or, or message us about that, asking what was wrong, than than almost any other thing. That one hits. <laughs> that one hits home with Chris. <laughs> that's what, listen, that's what I was just gonna say. Like, there's been a couple times. One I know for sure. We were all just getting to Daytona, right? So I'm a fellow Sprinter traveler, and I know that I know the shitstorm that can be the emission system on a Sprinter. And I see these guys pulling in. I'm. It's like spy versus spy, right? I'm going one way in my white Sprinter. They're going the other way in, in the, the black, black Sprinter. sprinter but I see they're going real slow and there's smoke just billowing out of the exhaust. So I hurry up and call them. I'm like, Hey man, what's going on? You guys okay? And they were like, Oh yeah, yeah. It's just going through a regen cycle. And sprinters have this thing where they burn out. How does this make sense too? So you have all this extra equipment to take care of emissions. And then every once in a while, the sprinter runs at super high idle and, and superheats the collector that collects all the emission crystals and burns it out onto the road. Yeah. So and put it into the I, atmosphere not, real quick. I don't that's what it was doing. And I, I saw them like it, it was like they had hit the smog button in the James Bond car. You know, they were <laughs> Well, I was Chris, I was referring to uh the year before last, the year before COVID when you called me and you're like Don't you do it. Yeah, right. He's like, dude, I'm I'm on the side of the road putting another mother effing turbo in this thing and he's got chris had it down to where chris know how to knew how to put a turbo in his other sprinter nope. that he had in like an hour and a half coming up through the, like going to the proctologist to get a tooth pulled he figured I was it out so good. i was so good at changing turbos in a sprinter <laughs> like i re- like i didn't even take shit apart anymore i took the air box off and i would just hang in it and that was it i could i could i could whip that turbo in and out that's oh. amazing we, we've <laughs> through three turbos in that oh. sprinter and it, it has been an absolute nightmare, man, trying to, I mean, first of all, trying to find somebody that, that will work on it. You know, if, if it's not a Mercedes dealership or right. a, an authorized Mercedes, you know, repair shop. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, it, it's just been nightmares, man. We got stranded in Las Vegas. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, hell. Oh, Las Vegas, Omaha, Nebraska. Um, so it's, um, you know. We, we, we bet you, you going to LA via Omaha, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, we, yeah, right. We, we were coming back from that run. We had done Sturgis and like Vegas and a few yeah. others and uh, Denver. And then Omaha was our last stop, man. And the, um, and the, uh, uh, the turbo went out. Man. So and yeah, people, it, uh, people always ask her like, well, you know, why, why didn't you just get rid of it then? It's like, cause when it's running, like 90 miles an hour down the road, hauling a trailer. Yeah. It's like driving a giant Cadillac, man. Nothing stops those trucks. It's just the emission systems are a nightmare. Absolutely, man. I, I love that Sprinter, dude. And it's really comfortable for, for even for six people in that thing, you know? And so, and that, that thing just, 
sometimes it, it's it's on and running for you know 36 hours or or however long you know what i mean and it it keeps on trucking man i see so. chris pull stuff out of that thing it looks like a clown car i'm like he's got three <laughs> motorcycles a full full recording studio all the gear and everything i'm like jesus how much stuff can you put in here uh, hopefully hopefully stone senate is traveling around in a giant bus uh or two here in the next few years that's what i would like to see yeah, I know. We would definitely not complain about that, you know, but uh, we were in a 12 passenger van for uh, for a few years and then we moved up to this Sprinter, man. So the, the Sprinter was uh, was really nice compared to trying to sleep in that van, you know. <laughs> well, so listen, I, 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 I've, I've taken up a whole hour of your time. I want to find out, you guys have a new EP coming out then with the other seven songs? Is that going to happen 22, 23? Do we know? Uh, well, actually, the next EP will be five more songs, uh, and that EP is going to be titled Dawn. Okay. And then uh, at the end of this year, we've got a full 13-song album coming out, uh, which will be called Between the Dark and the Light. Okay. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to do vinyl and stuff, you know, for the full album. Nice. Um, but um, uh, but I, I believe the Dawn EP will be out uh, this summer, man. Uh, I think they said June or July. Nice. At, at the latest. And we're going to get to see you guys in Daytona. Do you know what the venue is yet? Uh, I believe it's going to be the Broken Spoke and the Iron Horse. Uh, yeah. I, I, I should be fine today. The Broken Spoke is my, that's that's just my jam right there. I've had so yeah. much fun in that in that lot that I I would be remiss if, uh, if you guys weren't there. Um, we can get the Dusk EP on uh, Apple iTunes, Spotify. Um, you can buy it right at stonesenate.com. You can go right to your, your website. There's merchandise on there too. You can get yourself a, a Stone Senate hat. There's some shirts and stuff like that. You can check these guys out. Follow them on Instagram at Stone Senate. Anything else you want to leave us with, Clint, before we cut you loose? Hey, I just want to say thank you, Jason and Chris, very, very much for having me on, man. It's great to see you guys again, man. And uh, I'm looking forward to some more good times in Daytona. And uh, I, I once again, thank you very much for having me on, man. I, sh I sure do appreciate it. Well, and, uh, we thank you for being on, and we can't wait to see you in Daytona. Chris and I are going to be, uh, we'll be there with bells on. Well, maybe not with bells on, but you're the one, you always have the bells on. You've always got that bell bottoms. I can't pull that off. I'm not yeah. cool enough. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's uh, we will all be having uh, ha uh we'll all have bells on as well, man. Awesome, man. Well, I can't wait to have a beer with you and, and sit back and and congratulations on the success of Dusk. It's a great, great EP. Uh, it's a jam. Make sure you guys go to Apple iTunes and download it and uh, follow them online at Stone Senate on Instagram. Thanks again, Clint. Have a great day. Thank you, brother. You too. Listening to the Hour Wheels podcast with your host, Jason Holman. Thank you for listening.